Hello and welcome to season two of Femfag and Negress. We have our Femfag. Hello. And we have our Negress. Hey. So what have we been up to? Um, we've been up to quite a lot today, haven't we? We have been jet-setting around, you know, go-getting, getting that check. Not not quite. Flexing. Not, not quite checks, but like, you know. Okay, they paid our travel. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we were part of a panel discussion for... Um, a, a series of, I don't know, I think it's a talk and, a, and an exhibition that was on at DJ CAD at the Cooper Gallery. And it was called The Queer Dot. And it was about queer culture and growing up queer in Dundee. Yeah, I think it's on all week. And mm-hmm. if this goes out as planned, it should still be on when we release the podcast. So go and check it out. It's at the Cooper Gallery. It was curated by Stephen Wilson. He's uh, an artist and queer person in Dundee. So... Yeah, kudos to him. Yeah. Kudos, kudos to them. However, they identify. Um. So yeah, yeah. It was very fun. I had, um, a few glasses of wine. Just one or two. One or two. Yeah. I was sampling. I feel that like, <laughs> I don't know what I said on it apart from the word intersectionality a few times, but um. I was like, "Hi, I'm gay. Bye." Hi, I'm the black one. Bye. I was like, I'm a feminine faggot. Speaking of feminine faggots, you can check us out at Femfag and Negress. <laughs> we we just... actually didn't give a full plug of the um, podcast because it felt strange doing it because uh, that's why we'd been asked to be on the panel, like because people had listened to, well, Stephen had listened to our podcast and was really interested in having us on there because obviously we have, I don't know, we've been talking about queer and black culture and Dundee doesn't really have a lot of... Um, conversations around like the intersection between like race and um sexuality and gender so um it was quite important i think for them to have us on there yeah Um, basically we're great we're we're bridging we're bridging people together and we're the first people to ever do it ever ever well, I, in Dundee, probably. In Dundee, pro- potentially. In Dundee, potentially. Yeah. Which is quite bad. Probably not, but uh, No, Dundee has a long ways to go, but, like, obviously doing really well in terms of, like, you know, young people getting involved in conversations around queer representation and especially DJ CAD, where, I mean, you'd expect it to come out of the art school, wouldn't you? But, yeah, um, exactly. As, like, quite a few people said, like, that it wasn't, they thought that they were going into art school and it was going to be easy because, like, there would be more queer representation in the art school and it just isn't that way when you get there. No. <laughs> no, actually, what you tend to find is in a lot of art school backgrounds, you have a lot of straight, pale people that with wear, lots like... Of money, like who with come lots from, of money. Who come from, like, really, like, wealthy backgrounds who have never had to deal with um, any level of... I don't know. And they all look Scandinavian. And they all look like they shop at... Uh, what, what's that, like, upmarket monkey? I don't know. The one that's, like, connected to H&M. They have one in Glasgow. I literally have no idea what Right, so it's... There's kind of... They just look pale and have, like, a blunt fringe. Mm-hmm. And they're... I don't know. That's That, for me, is what the face of art school is. Is that is that a bit harsh? From someone who never went to art school, but yeah. <laughs> I've like never never been in the building, but I'm sure that's what it is. No, you've been in the building. I'm joking. I have. I'm quite joking. a lot, actually. Quite a lot, yeah. I basically go there. Everyone always thinks that you do. Yeah, it's because I'm yeah. so fucking quirky. Anyway, like, <laughs> if you're in the Dundee area and you want to look at some art and um, you're interested in queer culture and representation in Dundee then uh, go along to the Cooper Gallery for the Queer Dot if you don't you're homophobic literally automatically that's what happens that's what happens and you don't want that yeah it doesn't look good on your resume so um let's like do the usual and deconstruct the look okay so I feel like I'm giving you like a fag on safari like my hat kind of looks like it should have little things dangling from it the corks the corks yeah yeah so i look like a faggot on safari or like a gangster i think i look a bit gangster you look slightly pimpish there's a pimp a pimpish p- quality pimpesque pimpesque yes i got yeah. i got my my hose in the back you big pimpin work in the perth road up the perth road <laughs> up the perth road i got up and down the perth i got road. honey and chanel mm-hmm. work in work in the the perth road they are 
my dogs, but um, <laughs> they are bringing in all the checks. They're no, bad bitches. They're bad bitches. Yeah, they are. No, I look like or like, yeah. If gangsters were gay, which they can be. Oceans o living, <laughs> living. Wow, that's the worst thing I've ever said I today. Know. It was quite weak, but um, I've actually said worse things today. Yeah. Yeah. I was there. You were on a panel. Yeah. It's been recorded. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my favourite moment was when you totally were like, so, fuck this radio station in Glasgow that, like, didn't give us <laughs> yeah. airplay. Yeah. I love, that was my favourite moment. And at one point, they were like, if you were going to change anything today, what would it be? And I was like, I would popularise heterophobia. And everyone else was like, world peace! Everyone was like, I would make sure that non-binary identities were validated. I would, like, bring more attention to mental health. I'm like... I would bash straight people. I wish I said reparations. That's my biggest uh, regret from today. Yeah. Why did I not say reparations? Just reparations. Yeah. Um, right, so Sakai, what are you giving us? Tell me. I don't know. Like, I feel like it's like, you know, Afrofuturistic garden party. Afrofuturistic <laughs> garden party. That's great. Um, you, I, you give me one. In the, I, like, I was saying you're giving me like suburban bad bitch. Suburban bad bitch, yeah. Like so, if if suburban house tales featured black people, mm-hmm. you would be there. I just threw off my marigolds and I was like, I've had enough, <laughs> Eric. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're just, like, that's what make your own is. fucking pie, bitch. <laughs> I'm going out. I'm going to go and be on a panel about queer. <laughs> queer identity. identity. Queerness doesn't actually exist in the 60s outside of the, sl- the slur, but yeah. I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. But so yeah. it was quite interesting today. Um, I feel like my outfit definitely spoke more than I did. Your outfit is speaking. I think we actually just <laughs> rolled in there looking like we just killed the same mutual husband. Yeah. And we were there to set the place on fire <laughs> and then throw wine. And we were just hoping that people would like recognize us like have you seen us before i feel like you've- you probably recognize our faces from the podcast in which there's no there's it's like completely <laughs> cartoon aud- audit audit audio illustrated versions of us <laughs> and audio us. i know you probably recognize me from that audio thing that we do mm-hmm. no yeah no it was quite interesting because like being in the art school i've been in dundee for a long time and i've been in the art school for a long time so people know People know me. I'm known. I'm known around these parts, but I also was like... You're people, also just people think I'm one straight, black, so one of all of the black people in Dundee. Yeah, I am the only black person. <laughs> you are the black population of Dundee. Like, we are holding on to you for dear life, because if you leave... I'm representing black people in arts, culture, <laughs> <laughs> queer identity. It's like, you like, don't even need to be a part of a community, but it's like... but. It's like, so we need um, black people that are interested in fishing. It's like, <laughs> Sakai, Sakai you've have you, you've, you've been fishing. Um, we you need... were fishing when you were four with your uncle in Zimbabwe. You're like, you should come along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Okay, so let's, let's go on to what's popping. Yeah, so what's popping? So there were quite a few things that I wanted to touch on just mm-hmm. because we hadn't done an episode in a long time. One of the things, obviously, very topical this week. Um, not, the this, not... not this week. Notre Dame? That's this week. Oh, we're going to do Notre Dame first? We're not talking about paedophilia first? Oh, okay, let's talk about paedophilia. So, <laughs> um, yeah, paedophilia, that's been popping. Yeah, I feel it's been popping off. It's been popping off. It's been, there's been a lot of it. Yeah, so, it was, it's been a weird couple of months. Like, So, we didn't do any FFN podcast recordings for months. And while we were like off on our little hiatus... Um, a whole bunch of people were done for paedophilia and we couldn't talk about it. So, like, we thought we would, like, start off by being like, eh, remember that whole R. Kelly situation and the Michael Jackson situation? Yeah, and the, like, like, the fact that Netflix are currently making millions of pounds off of the fact that they can fully depend on people being trash. Yeah. I remember for a while, like, waiting desperately for a madeline mccann documentary i know that sounds so sad but i was so ready for it and i remember thinking imagine actually if you go back to one of the episodes of ffn i remember saying imagine madeline mccann got found because think of the netflix special that would come around apparently she didn't need to be found she didn't need to be found because netflix was like it's time it's time (laughs) they're ready i think so that and baychella they're ready oh my god sorry 
I don't know if I have words, so we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about Baychella. We'll give it its own its own it's moment. Its own but yeah, it was just there was just been like There's an so upsore. There's so much to talk about. Like since we went away for a couple of months, and we've come back to like an excessive amount of things to cover. So we're gonna try and do them all in an hour. Yeah, let's do it before Matthew's train. <laughs> yeah, I have to make the train in about an hour, so this is gonna be a very impromptu episode of FM podcast. But yeah, there's been just like an upsore in documentaries centered around both a abduction and b kitty fiddling. Yeah. So I mean, R. Kelly documentary. Have you seen it? I have. It was horrible. Yeah, it was horrendous. Actually, to be honest with you, what I saw was snippets because I couldn't watch the whole thing. I just, like, can't cope. No. So, um, I remember, I've, I know everything about it without having watched it. Um, I've watched a lot of review videos um, and I just, I'm glad that it's finally, he's finally going to get yeah. his just desserts for what he's been up to because it's been quite horrendous and it's been going on for so long. Mm-hmm. The thing is as well, like he was such a, I think it's such a, I was listening to a podcast actually, it was, um, it's two drag queens that do it, Monet Exchange and Bob the Drag Queen. So they're these two black drag queens and they were saying in the podcast, Sibling Rivalry, that this is like such an achievement for black people because mm-hmm. Like, while, like, R. Kelly has been such a part of, like, every realm of black identity for so long, because he was in film, he was in music, he was, like, he'd he'd play at, like, people's weddings, like, his songs would be playing at people's weddings, at people's funerals, like, Mm -hmm. he was such a huge part, and, like, the fact that now this has all came to fruition, and there's been uh, a just desserts from it, like, he's actually being convicted, it's actually, they were saying, this is such a huge achievement for black people that this person is being like basically receiving the retribution for what they've done mm-hmm. is that the word i'm looking for yeah and it's like and i think it is diff- i think that's the word but um, language language yolo um but no the thing that like gets me is like it's been a while and it's like we've been watching him do this like for ages and nobody's actually done anything it's about like it. everyone's just like is no one gonna like the talk about this yeah and like my my big fear is that like you know we don't know how many people have been affected by it a lot of women have not come forward because they just don't want to be like put on blast like that because a lot of people didn't want to come forward and then have their entire community turn on them and be like how dare you do this how dare you say that he did this it's like well he did and he has been doing it for like way too long he didn't get caught the first time which actually was based on the jury the jury were like saying that the young girl who was only 13, 14 when he was peeing on her and shit like that in the video, which he was visible in the video. His face was visible in the video. They said that she was um, old enough to know better and she was a child. So it's about the way that black girls are seen as adults, like bef- when they're only like 12 years old mm-hmm. um, and people don't protect them in the way that you should protect a child. And so, like, it's really important for the black community in America in particular. I wouldn't say everywhere. I think it's not going to translate all the way around the world, but it does mean a lot for African-American young girls to have this happen in their lifetime because then conversations around, um, about molestation will actually maybe potentially be less, like, you know, in the shadows. But to be honest with you, I don't know. Yeah. It could be a blip in the radar. Um, but the Michael Jackson thing. Right, yeah. Yeah, Survi- what was the- so there was Surviving R. Kelly, that was the R. Kelly Surviving one. R. Kelly. There was Leaving Neverland. Yep. So I've seen that. And then there was Shite Parents Anonymous. What Shite- was it? <laughs> I can't remember what the Battle of McCann one's called. <laughs> Surviving the McCanns. No, I'm joking. I d- They're such bad parents. They're just, do you know what? For the record, my like 101 on Madeline McCann and everything centred around the McCanns is... I don't think they abducted their own child or contributed to it in any way. They're just shite parents. And that's it. Yeah. They, um, they fucked up. They fucked up. They were out drinking fucking Malbec on their little resort, mm-hmm. discussing, I don't know... Their t- next tori- golf trip. <laughs> their, not their next golf trip. They were discussing, like, I don't know, what do posh people watch? Like, country file. <laughs> They were probably watching Country File or, I don't know, discussing how, I don't know, someone cheated in a game of billiards. I don't know. I don't know what posh people discuss. billiards? I don't even know. I don't even know what it is, like, to be honest. But 
I just think, for the record, I just think they're pretty terrible parents. I think yeah. they fucked up, but I don't think in any way that they contributed to the abduction of Michael McCann. I think what probably happened is there was a pedo ring going around Portugal at the time, mm. and Madeleine McCann, within these circles, would be a very desirable child to abduct because most of the the children that would have been getting trafficked through Portugal at the time mm. would have been, I don't know, like small blonde, sm- blue eyed kids. No, no, no. But they would have all been from like Portugal or from around. Like oh, they wouldn't have been white. She would have been like she would have been like a commodity yeah. almost. Like, right. um, and there's the whole um conspiracy that the Podestas, um, the the Peter Ring, um, founded by is it like. Is his name Johnny Podesta? Yeah. Yeah. They were in Portugal at the same time that this happened. I don't want to be like, I don't want to disappear. Like, we shouldn't be saying the Podesta's names. Like, we might disappear. I just, I would fully, (laughs) yeah. At least we're grown. Yeah, but like, I don't want them to disappear us. No, that, I don't want that. No. Like, I feel. Pizzagate. I feel we've already talked about Scientology on here. And like, we're like, there's, there's a thin line. Cover the webcam. Cover the fucking webcam. No, so yeah, that's my, what I think of Madeleine McCann. So we're not going to talk about Michael Jackson, yeah? No, that is what I was about to go on. So uh, with regards to Michael Jackson, right, I watched all of Leaving Neverland. Mm-hmm. All of it. Yeah, I watched the wow. whole thing. I just think, how the fuck could people not think that he did it? Like, there is so much wrong with every, like, and the fact that the whole... The thing with, like, the R. Kelly situation and the thing with the Michael Jackson Mm -hmm. situation is what it highlights is how passive people are. Like, how people decide to choose a narrative that sits better with them rather than actually just try and confront the truth. And it was was easier for the world to just decide that Michael Jackson was innocent. Well, what was weird about it is it wasn't easier... The mental gymnastics that people had to go through to accept that Michael Jackson was innocent was way too much. Now I'm I've been a Michael Jackson is a pedo truther for <laughs> You have, and so have I. I. So remember the arguments I've had with people. You at were parties? like, I'm just so fucking over people pretending that Michael Jackson isn't a pedophile. <laughs> yeah, like honestly, yeah. so for years, like I, like the whole time. So since since the Martin Bashir documentary that like revealed that he was a pedo, like fully was like Listen, look at him holding that little 13-year-old boy's hand in this awkward way. Listen to what he's actually saying. Listen to what the child is saying. Look with your eyes, people. And, like, they literally still were like, no, 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 he's innocent. See, the thing is, like, imagine this. Like, thousands of people all around the world all accepting the idea that this 50-year-old man saw himself as a child. That's what the mental gymnastics Because were. they like his music. Because they like, like, Billie Jean's a really good song. Like, genuinely. It's a bop. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, and you know what? We don't dispute that. No, no. It's, like, listen. It's a... I'm, we're, we're all going to obviously say Michael Jackson's music was amazing, revolutionary, but I'll never listen to it. I've no. Never, so, like, for 10 years, I've been telling people to either turn it off or turn to the next song, right? At parties, at three o'clock in the morning, people would put on Beat It, and I'll be like, stop. Stop. Yeah. Like, every single time I've had an argument with someone about it, now I feel like super smug, because (laughs) I've been been You've been that bitch after parties, like... She's a truther. Yeah, no, I'm never really in circles where they would play Michael Jackson, but I remember as a child, my mum's best friend being like... I remember Michael Jackson was on the radio and she was just like, I just think that maybe we shouldn't be supporting someone that effectively rapes children and then turned it off. And I was like, cool. And then for me, that was always just... And it just like stayed with you? That just like stuck with me. So like, I I just never was a fan. I'm glad that someone said it around you when you were young. Um, The other thing as well that's interesting about it is that like, um, the whole idea of him... um, as a child, right? Like in inverted commas. I'm saying this, and yeah, I'm, I I did it with like the tone of my voice <laughs> that it would carry. Um, I'm like, yeah, but he was still fifty. So even if he saw himself as a child, him spending time with children at the age of fifty, dreaming exe- like spending excessive amounts of time with children, having them staying at his house, staying over, having sleepovers, that 
even if he saw himself as a child, is wrong. He's not a child. He's not a child. And if These are not his children. These are other people's children. Like, he isn't just hanging out with his, his kids, like, playing and having fun. He had other people's children in his bedroom at night. What the fuck? <laughs> like it's just, it is just mind boggling. What the fuck? And the parents were like, "Yeah, like, <laughs> like Jerry McCann be like, yeah, sure, take them." <laughs> they were totally like, if the McCanns were around at that point, they would be like, "Michael Jackson babysitting my children sounds like a great sounds idea. Legit. <laughs> that sounds lovely." Also, like, the is a well known fact that like, like stereotypical pedos, like, like almost the straw man of pedos like has a lair where they have loads of like toys for kids yeah. to lure them in neverland is like a fucking pedo it's like toys r us I, like what the fuck it's like toys r us times 10 the for me it's like the all of the evidence was there there was no reason for anybody to think otherwise <laughs> there was genuinely like there should not have been any shadow of doubt it was just they liked the song billy jean they just loved it like it was a really good show. but you know what's right so what do you think so smooth criminal it, janet Jesus. jackson is it janet jackson she's headlining a festival this year mm-hmm. i can't remember what festival but i'm like what do we think about that because what do we think about janet well i just think right don't talk to black people about Janet because, like, they've got nothing. They're holding on to, like... <laughs> but I'm just, like... Like, the smallest amount, like, that they can have. Janet's all we have left. <laughs> I know, but it's, like, how much did they know? Like, even Latoya okay. Jackson, she yeah, yeah. seems okay. so... Let me, she's, like, a gay icon for a start. Me, let me take you there. Latoya Jackson, in 1993, did a series of interviews with the, with news, like, like, world news, saying that... Michael Jackson is a paedophile. She found out in 1984 because, like, the mum, right? Oh, this is quite a lot. But the mum had come to her and said, look, I'm I'm seeing these checks that have been written out by these parents. Like, you know, like, asking for money from Michael. Um, And it was, like, you know, checks for large, ridiculous amounts of money. And she wouldn't say how much, but she said ridiculous amounts of money being paid out to these parents. And that the mum went to Latoya and said, I don't feel comfortable with this. I don't know what's going on. And she knew that the kids had been in his bed and stuff like that. So she knew that there were like 10 year olds staying at his house. So Latoya told the world in 1993, here we are, 2019. Go fucking Latoya. Okay, I'm down for Latoya. Latoya Jackson yeah. regularly features on RuPaul. Really? Yeah, she's like she. I think she's guest judged on it like four times. Her and Paula Abdul are basically RuPaul's Drag Race Amazing. at this point. And she, I always thought she seems this like the sweetest person, mm-hmm. and she's got this like almost childlike voice where she's like, they all oh, do. Ru- no, no, but this is the thing they all do, and this is the this is the sick bit about the Jacksons. Like she says in the interviews that her dad molested her as a child. Right. So she's basically stated very like for the record. I know why Michael's like this. This happened to all of us. Like, this is a thing. And this weird child voice that they all have might have something to do with right. that. So, like, the the Jacksons are fucked up as a family. Yeah. So, like, do we? No, but... Can't so, I, I, I remember thinking that... I remember thinking, now that I know everything that's happened with, like, leaving... Um, leaving neverland i was like what if latoya's voice is actually really cynical and devil-like like she's like mm. hey rue but deep down she's actually the antichrist mm. and i'd like kind of like weighed up that potential option but now i know that she'd said that i was like because mm-hmm. she seems like the sweetest person ever but then yeah. so michael jackson was really charming seemed yeah. really nice and i'm like how much did the family know mm-hmm. Should they then be held accountable? Should we be given Janet Jackson like headline spots and festivals for something that her brother did? I don't like Jan- I by what by I, that I mean should yeah. should she be feeling any of the weight well, of that? Like, like, in terms of like implications and stuff like that, like oh okay, I'm not just dodging this because I'm just I'm saying generally, I don't know how much Janet knew, exactly, first and of we all. don't know. So that's all there is. But like for some example, Nicki Minaj has defended her brother, who's also been convicted of paedophilia. Right, so like, no you know, one is do, safe. Do we cancel Nikki? Yeah, I know. So like, there's all these conversations around it, but it's like, if you know, then you should do something. Yeah, that should be like the, the bottom line, 
But anyway, off pedophilia, let's talk about Notre Dame. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, let's actually just take a moment to hear from one of our sponsors of the week. Okay. So, I'll go. <laughs> um, so, our first sponsor of the episode, um, we have Kelly Rowland, effectively comparing the experiences of a white woman being called a dumb blonde to the historical oppression of black people in relation to their hair in our hit new song, Crown. You are tuned into FFN Radio. We'll be here all night, folks. Sorry, are we a radio station? or? I just decided we are for the sake of the sponsor. Oh, I, I like it. But we don't have the rights to that song, so you can't hear it. Or any song for that or matter. Or any song for that But matter. if you want to hear me sing it, I can do it. No, no, I'm not doing you want, that. Do you want to? No. Okay. I don't think anyone wants that. You could do like a karaoke edition of... Every okay. song. No, what we'll do is we'll, we'll make this a radio show, but we sing all the songs just to avoid copyright infringement. So it's just like, so next we've got... Oh, I couldn't think of any song that isn't a Michael Next Jackson. Next, we've got Sakai with Monster, oh, Nicky Monster, like the whole, every verse of Monster, and then it's like, and now we've got Matthew with Gareth Gates, Spirit in the Sky, <laughs> and it's just being like, when I die and they lay me to rest. <laughs> that would be so funny, but we're not doing that. You're stuck. I can do your backing Spirit in the Sky. <laughs> spirit in the Sky, or we'll be like, now we have a Gallic rendition of Monsterverse by Nicki Minaj. And it's just like fusing genres that shouldn't be fused. Like I legit am up for this. Like this this is a new segment. This is a new segment. It's like now we've got an R&B addition to Eamon Holmes. No, actually he's not a singer. He's a, (laughs) no, um, to Shane Ward. I like it that way. That guy from X Factor. Or now we've got um, Leona Lewis, Bleeding Love to the sound of Oasis. That would be quite funny. Oh my god, I actually want to like do a rendition of Ble- Bleeding Love. By Leona Lewis. Apparently she's worth millions. I checked, right, I googled this recently because she I was sucks. like... She Right, right. Hold, yes. Sorry. But I was, I recently was confronted with, someone told me that Leona Lewis is like quite big in America. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how? And then I googled her net worth and she's worth like 30 million pounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, How? I thought she'd be, like, really skinned. Does she do, like, gospel? I don't know. Potentially Potentially gospel. it's gospel. Yeah, she's gospel hit that gospel coin. Yeah, she's got the gospel coin. She, she got that gospel money, honey. That gospel monty. <laughs> <laughs> if in doubt, Broadway or gospel, girl, you got to get it. Or maybe do. she's on Broadway. That's That's the only two avenues. If you're famous and, no, if you have money and no one knows how, A, you either have a gospel album or B, you're probably on Broadway. No, 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 there's a C. There's a C. Japan. 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 Ava Levine. <laughs> we forgot the the only other option. You go to Japan. You go to Japan. Um, but that's or like, like... China, because Jesse J mm-hmm. fe- was featured on this like um reality team. I fucking hate her. She is too much. She's the worst. But she was like a contestant on this like Chinese um X Factor. Yeah. And apparently like a billion people or something stupid across the world yeah. tuned into this and she won what's jesse j's star sign i hope she's not a leo because she's obnoxious she's too obnoxious no to i don't think she is we'll check that later but Aries. we don't even need to know but um anyway so back <laughs> to the sponsor so the reason why i thought like it was quite a long-winded sponsor and didn't really have any sort of comedic um tone to it but Kelly Rowland's new song, like, what the fuck is that? I realise that now it's about a month old, but... Yeah, but also nobody really cared. Nobody cared, so this is news. This is news, because no one fucking cared. Mm -hmm. But she basically has a white girl with blonde hair in the video, alongside a girl that's someone that's ginger, Mm -hmm. and then a bunch of black people, and then they're all, like, talking about how they're proud of their hair, and I'm just thinking, and then they're all like talking about their experiences of being oppressed in relation to their hair. And I'm like, what? Kelly, why are you comparing the experiences of someone being called a dumb blonde to the historical oppression of black people in the relation to their hair? Like, you are better than this. Okay, but like, see if we take like, there's tears of black consciousness, okay? Yeah. So like, she is like really. I think. She's being quite be- early Beyonce about it. She's not being early Beyonce. I think it's this, right? So. Beyonce and Solange have gone for the full woke, like, woke black people that go to Afropunk. Yeah. And, like, you know... They're channeling. Are vegan. Oh, they're so vegan. 
right? Yeah. Now, that's a very particular demographic, but it's a growing demographic, right? Whereas, like, and, you, you know, like, films like Black Panther have widened that even further. But then you've got, you still got the black people who, like, when someone says to them, yeah, but Irish people were slaves too, will accept that as an answer. Yeah. You have to kind of give... Maneuver, yeah, I you, suppose. You, do you know but what I mean? the fact like, that this song didn't do well is not a surprise because that demographic of Afropunk vegans is larger than the demographic of people that are like, yes, no, being no, called no, a no. dumb blonde is terrible. Like, a dumb blonde. That it, is not... So, is but, the, like, in terms of the woke... That, yeah. the, the woke world there are basic bitches who believe that but Kelly Rowland is still too black for white people like yes! that are like do you know what I mean like she's still yes! she doesn't fit she's into all, either of those categories the, so the just go full woke the problem with Kelly is that she's dark skinned yeah and she can't get away with much so this is this is where we like this is colorism this, this is where is, the flop happens this is colorism yeah Kelly can't afford to do what Solange and Beyonce are doing because right. they're light skinned black women right. a dark skinned black woman can't see the same shit that they say without backlash like and I mean it, like career ending backlash and Kelly doesn't have as much clout anymore as Beyonce and I still Solange think does. though if, if Kelly had gone full throttle with it and just been like my hair my crown I'm proud it, I think at yeah. least she would have had more respect from the people that matter like the the like all of the publications, the audience, the audience have, yeah, that Beyonce and that Beyonce have, have already yeah. nurtured, would have got behind her. But what we know as that audience is, it's okay, Kelly. We get it. Yeah. Like, do you understand what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I get it because I know why she can't do that. Yeah. Like, I just wish she had. I wish she'd just done it. And like, yeah. I understand that I'm speaking from a very privileged position. I'm like, mm-hmm. do it, but I'm a white white cis male mm-hmm. well i i can see why kelly wouldn't do it and i'm yeah. like and i actually do think that she could but she has to let go of what beyonce did was really clever like she built her white audience up to the point where she could just do whatever she wanted she's like by the way i'm black right yeah but she did that over the course of like what 10 years almost yeah. like almost 10 years where she just was like i'm i'm going for i'm going for like that like michael jackson level fame and she got there and then she was like oh by the way i'm all about black liberation <laughs> <laughs> but kelly was kind of left in the wings yeah. because of beyonce's stratospheric career and nobody would like really i don't think that they would allow kelly to to do what to beyonce do yeah because beyonce, beyonce is kind of almost catered to them for mm-hmm. a, a long enough a period of time but even still like most of these people that are the most of these people that are getting behind Beyonce are listening to like her worst music yeah they're like they think like irreplaceable is the fucking one yeah or they think that like they they fully have not listened to, like i meet so many people that have never listened to lemonade and that is like most white people listening to Beyonce they which is insane because it's like if you really love her, then why don't why can't you listen to Lemonade? What is it that, like? What is it about Lemonade that fucks you up so much? It's just like it doesn't cater to you specifically. Well, it was never catering to you. That's the beauty of what Beyonce did. Yeah. Nothing that she was doing was catering to anybody. She Even was speaking the fact- from the position of being a black woman. Yeah. In every song she ever did, she just did it very strategically. Yeah, she could have put it on Spotify, like you know. <laughs> Like, a lot of white people already aren't going to be looking for it. Like, yeah, but you know make what, it slightly you know, easier for if, them. But if you put it on a specific place like Tidal... Yeah, then the, the people that need, people yeah, need it will find pay it. for it. They'll that pay for was it. so fucking smart. Yeah, and now she's going to put it on Spotify and make all the same money back anyway. Because yeah. it'll be like a re-release. Exactly. Anyway, we're going off... We always end up talking about Beyonce for longer than we're supposed to. Right. Should we talk about Notre Dame? Notre Dame. Right, yeah. So <laughs> this can be our... I suppose this can be like our what's touching our hair. It's yeah. kind of... It's, it's touching... I mean, as if pedophilia wasn't touching our hair enough, but... Let's say this no, is. No, pedophilia was popping. Oh, it was popping. Yeah, on Netflix. On Netflix. Like, ne- yeah. Netflix decided that pedophilia was like the new the new in- thing. It thing. Yeah. Yeah. We're not endorsing it, and nor do we think that. But, but it was but it's all happening. over Netflix. Yeah, it's everywhere. 
but, um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, so Notre Dame. So the reason that we were, we were, it happened, it'll be now next, last week by the time that this goes up. Mm-hmm. But we kind of just wanted to discuss the fact that obviously it happened and it's tragic. Mm-hmm. But it is also a building. Yeah. Like, I know this sounds like it, maybe it, kind of like quite a two dimensional way to look at it, but I think I became quite apathetic mm-hmm. when. I seen that all of this money was being raised immediately after, but then when you look at that, yeah. com- like at, at, as a comparison to what happened after Grenfell, mm-hmm. you start to kind of feel like there's just a lack of compassion, mm-hmm. um, with the people that have the money, and effectively have the power to change the world. They're just choosing not to, and usually, like whenever they're making these decisions, it's kind of in their best interest. Like the people that are raising all like getting all this money together to re um, restore Notre Dame mm-hmm. part of me kind of thinks it's just like motivated by self-interest because yeah. this is gonna almost like gain them some sort of notoriety like they've done this like amazing thing mm-hmm. for yeah anyway I'll let you talk I feel like okay there's I have so many different thing feelings about this like but like my my first instinct is to talk about like how no lives were lost, which is amazing. Well, like if a building goes on fire, the first question you have to ask well, is, yeah, exactly. did anyone die? No yeah. one died. Okay. Um, but the second thing is like everything about it is really fishy. Right. Right. It's I didn't so know if fishy. we. I did not know if we were going to get fucking conspiracy theorists about I this. Help myself. I did not write any of this into the notes. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't know if I can go full conspiracy with. Some, Let's go full conspiracy. Right. What the fuck? It happened fucking... Was it on Easter? Like, it was like... The, just before Easter. Just like, before like, Easter. just before Easter Friday. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the, and then when you look at, like, fires that had happened, like, a year before in other, like, religious buildings. Mm-hmm. And every... Oh, right. Anyway, yeah. I And then there was, like, the, the church... Like, the cross that was, like, the only thing that was left in the... Yeah. But, well, like, the cross... Like the reason why it didn't. I know, I know. Because of the the material, I know, (laughs) I know, but but like no, but then it was like a symbolic thing, right? Because other things were not in the building. I heard that they took some of the the sculptures and stuff because remember it was being renovated, so the sculptures and stuff were taken out of the building before the fire miraculously happened. So like it feels like a bit dodgy. It feels almost right, and this is another thing there was another building that went on fire and I can't, was it in, um, it was like another huge religious building and I, and it's escaped me and it's going to annoy me so much. Mm-hmm. But there's this, there's this like idea within Catholicism of like basically mon- monumental like religious buildings going on fire right before the bringing about of the Antichrist. Yeah. And this, this for some people would almost signify that happening Mm -hmm. so it almost like scaremongers people that really buy into religion yeah so i think the fact the timing in which it went on fire all of the like connotations around that Mm -hmm. for people that are religious i remember thinking this could almost be like a tactic to scare people yeah but like it's also a time when people are terrified anyway like we've got like climate change in front of our faces people are scared that nuclear shit's gonna happen again we're like actually like at a end times moment in terms of like this this the what's it called the collective consciousness everyone's scared that like the world is ending so why wouldn't the fucking catholic church like you know burn some buildings down to stress us out more yeah yeah and add to this whole like oh end of days thing so anyway in terms of the other canon of um conspiracy that i'm going down i'm going down another route Right, okay. I was, like, super fucking high when I was reading all the conspiracy (laughs) theories. So I was, like, mentally outside of myself, but also, like, flabbergasted by the whole thing. Yeah. But also, like, half consuming what was actually happening and half just being in a state of, like, oh, my God. But this is the thing that that kind of freaks me out a little bit. Okay, so last year, a really massive, really important museum burned down in brazil like basically an entire yeah that's an entire indigenous language was destroyed like every single last remnant of that religion and all of their artifacts was destroyed during that um that fire 
And of course, we live, you live in Glasgow, I'm from Glasgow, we know very well that twice the Glasgow School of Art building, which was um, designed by Macintosh, was set on fire. And, well, not set on fire, just miraculously went up in flames. Now, that building going on fire, and then another art building going on fire in Brazil, and then the Notre Dame Cathedral going on fire, seems strange because all our artistic monuments, these are like monuments of history, they're monuments of culture. Of like progression and shifting consciousness. Right. And they're just like... Going on fire. Suddenly going on fire. Setting ablaze. Strange times. It is really strange. And the fact that... Like, there was no reason for the art school to go on fire for the second time. It was, that like, was so almost weird. unnecessary. It's, like, it It just doesn't... Re- it's, like, hard to fathom how that just happened. It was a very strange set of... I don't know. But, like, then when you compare it to Grenfell, you're just, like, rah, because it's so fucked up. Like, there was a building with people in it who died... And then the people who managed to escape have been rehoused and then had those houses taken away from them or never got rehoused. Like, if you think about, like, the scale of human... um, I don't know what the word is, like, but, like, the... Compassion? Yeah, like, it just doesn't make any sense. 600 million being raised in a day, but nothing really being raised for Grenfell, like... And the fact that the world was watching. The world I think this, was watching. This is the thing, there was... There was so much coverage happening and we were obviously being fed like false figures of like how many people had been affected by it it almost mm-hmm. just felt like something that was being pushed under the car under the rug mm-hmm. and all of the buildings that actually surround the grenfell towers they're all worth like millions and millions more than the, the the properties within the grenfell tower so it almost just seemed like a lot of these people that were living around these towers were just watching it happen Mm-hmm. And just like not extending their compassion to just kind of do something have, about it, they could have done something. If six hundred million can be raised in a day for Notre Dame, like easily they could have like rehoused all those people. Easily they could have made sure that and that I'm never sorry happened in the first place. Yeah, it's, it's so just it's a lot. Like you know, it, in terms of like fires happen, fires happen all around the world all the time for different reasons, but like these fires all seem dubious. Yeah, all of them. Seems strange. And even the fact that when Lily Allen was on the news with regards to Grenfell, I know this is something that's been discussed time and time again, but, like, even the fact that then she was effectively cut from the news Mm -hmm. from that, like, just basically because she was trying to, like... Highlight. Highlight what Mm -hmm. was happening and trying to bring attention to it. And basically just... She was basically just saying, like, you should all be ashamed because Mm -hmm. no one's doing anything about it. Like, the local authorities are doing nothing. The only people that are doing anything are just, like the people that live around the the Grenfell Towers that were just extending, like, common, like, human decency. Mm-hmm. But there were plenty of people that were choosing just not to invest their attention there because it was easier not to. Yeah. Or it was, like, in some way in their best interest not to. But, yeah. That's why, for me, like, when I see Notre Dame happen, my, yeah, my initial thought was I hope no one was in the building. Mm-hmm. As soon as I found out that no one died... And that all that money was raised. You were able to... Like, I was just like, oh, yeah. okay. Okay, like... It's Whatever, building. it's a fucking building. Like, so, like, my initial reaction with um, the art school, like, in in Glasgow, the first time, um, I was really upset. Yeah, no and, and, and the reason I was really, really upset isn't because of Macintosh or the history or anything like that or the library, like, which a lot of people were upset about. I was upset because I was actually, like, in fourth year. I was finishing my degree. The art school went on fire... And our art school had weirdly like around the same day or like maybe on the same day had a, a scare that there might have been a fire happening at DJ CAD. And so like it was a really weird moment where we all shat ourselves. Like we were all like, oh my God, our degree shows, right? And knowing what it feels like to put on a degree show, I can't, I can't express how much I understand why people were upset why people are still not over it to this day because their degree show went up in flames. Yeah. And that's, you know? yeah. And, and that's like four years worth of work, like just gone, right? And then the second time we went on fire, I saw loads of people crying in the street and like a lot of people who had no, like had no connection to the building, had never been in it before, had never studied there. 
um, didn't understand its historical significance were laughing at them. And so we had this like kind of, you know, some people in Glasgow were mocking it because it was just a building, it doesn't matter. And then other people who were like actually like invested in the art school um, as either like current students or alumni or like teachers, like saw their livelihoods going on yeah. fire, like saw their like memories of certain parts of the building going on fire. So like I totally understand why people would feel the same about Notre Dame too, because there's going to be a lot of deep feelings about that building. So I don't want to say like it's just whatever. Built, yeah, exactly. But the re- response to the fire in Notre Dame and and at GSA like has been way more than Grenfell regardless like both of those buildings have immediately got like you know enough money to be rebuilt and people are fighting still for GSA to be rebuilt again Grenfell nothing nothing yeah not to say not to say that like ordinary people aren't fighting for Grenfell but to say that like but the billionaires who could put the money in are not are are choosing not to yeah it would really just take like there is like plenty of examples of like individuals mm. like a single individuals that could like single-handedly fix the fix situation. fix the situation and they're yeah. just choosing not to exactly. so that's where it's kind of like where that's where the apathy comes around and you're just a bit like i understand that it isn't just quote-unquote a building but when you look at like the wider picture it's just it's horrendous. just like it just seems like there's just a lack of human compassion mm-hmm. and that's where it gets quite like upsetting yeah so I think we could move on to um <laughs> conversation about Cardi B. Oh, I do love Cardi. Cardi B. So like our second sponsor of the episode, it's not really a sponsor, mm. but it's just the hashtag surviving Cardi B. <laughs> I seen this in a YouTube comment and it's it's really just so yeah, so Cardi B basically in an interview admitted to drugging men and stealing their money during her time of <laughs> you know um <laughs> being hilarious. a being a, a i can see her doing that yeah it's but yeah. The, do you know what actually initially i was like fucking hell <laughs> like i was just like <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake cardi b but what i really respected about her is she wasn't endorsing that lifestyle she no. wasn't saying i'm proud she wasn't she was saying that was a dark time in my life i did what i had to do to survive i'm not proud of it i don't talk about it in my songs for that reason mm-hmm. It's a time in my life that I'm not proud of, mm-hmm. um, and I'm being fully transparent about that right now. But it's not something I plan to sing about my songs. So that I was like, Do you know what, I respect her for like. Also, like we hold Cardi B to such a high standard when the woman has told you again and again, "Listen, I'm from the hood. I've been brought up in a certain type of way. Like I am this person that you're seeing. I'm not pretending to be anyone else." If you want me to be a role model for you, I'm sorry, I'm not a role model. Like, like she's been very. Like, she's like, I was literally a hoe. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? She was just like, these are the things that I had to do to survive. And like, also like, she was always about her money. Like, she's so so to this day, she's not changed. She's no, the same still person. born to she's flex just... diamonds on her neck. <laughs> she still likes boarding jets. But anyway. <laughs> Yeah, like she's never like pretending. Try and to sue be... us for that because that was the Matthew Dowdle rendition, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but she's not like Jenny from the block. She's not taking the absolute piss. <laughs> no, no. She's not like Jennifer Lopez being like, I used to be hood, now I got money. Yeah, and it's like you were never really hood. No. And now you have money and now you look worse. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, JLo, come oh, on. Oh, JLo. Um, but no, I think the the tag was really just surviving Cardi B. Fucking scream! I love so, like, it. Saying that like they literally. Oh, so there was a documentary called Surviving Our. I it's it was so literally bad about a guy who was like, like taking girls and putting them in a house and holding them against their will, like and then. <laughs> Cardi B stealing money from some from guys. I know. Like, yeah, okay, the drugging it's them hilarious. part. The drugging yeah, them part, I don't pro- condone. No. But, like, you know. She, again, she said she's not proud of it, but I think I just found it fucking hilarious, the fact that people were reaching like that. Yeah. Like, I do not, in any way, I'm not downplaying how fucking bad yeah. that is. And I he do th- I do think that, like, what Cardi B is did was disgusting. Like, I yeah. don't think that is in any way stretch of the imagination an okay thing to do yeah but i do think the fact that people are reaching like that and the hashtag surviving cardi b like it's became, too much. that is like quite i would say i don't want to say funny but i laughed 
but like it's pretty hilarious but i just think that like at the end of the day cardi b's cardi b yeah let her be let her be cardi b being cardi b the documentary right so we're gonna move on um we've got quite a few things to cover before i have to run for a train jump in that scott rail and also given that like now it's they have not sponsored us we are not fucking sponsored by scott rail if they try and give (laughs) us money we'll spit on them we only take sponsorships from very legitimate companies. We only take sponsorships from people who give us free tickets to go from Dundee to Glasgow. Yeah, exactly. That's but, um, all we take. <laughs> I realised that like there's absolutely no need for there to be a third sponsor of the episode, but I really just want to... You just get it in there. I just want to get it in there. Go for it. So the third sponsor of the episode is new hit reality TV show, Keeping Up With The Kardashians. The tale of four Dashians. Right. Listen listen i can't i I coined this idea in my head (laughs) of my life in 30 years time where Mm -hmm. i'm together enough to have four dashens Mm -hmm. but picture this me four dashens a house yeah that's it no but to be quite honest just videos of dashens and them being like um, so Kim is being a fucking bitch and I'm it just really open. Because they will come for you. Yeah, okay, maybe like... Like, Kim, just all Camilla, K names, Kim, all K names, but they, like... Like, Camilla the Kardashian. Yeah. And she, like, releases a palette with Morphe. Like, she really... she Like, they make it... Like, they make the big time. You and, know those chewing sticks that dogs get for their teeth? Yeah, they, like, like you could, cover girl. You could get, like, sponsorships from them. Cover dog, yeah. Cover dog. Cover dog. Put cover that... Bitch. Cover bitch. <laughs> yes. Put that um, chew toy in your mouth. That's a RuPaul reference. You right. get it. Okay. Um, but yeah, so... I'm going to start watching... RuPaul. You should... You, you'll get into eventually. it. Eventually. I just don't like reality tv i think we've covered this it's we've crazy. discussed this we don't um okay solange drop new music yeah okay so oh. this is kind of old news but let's discuss it anyway the reason why i was like solange was fully on the mind a i'm going to see her in primavera so i'm fully fucking excited for that and i'm like hurt <laughs> okay, whatever right i was but, supposed to be going to see her at lovebox but everyone's just like, I can't be bothered going to Lovebox now. Who else is playing Lovebox? Um, I think it's like this. Chance the Rapper and. Oh God, there was like so Solange. a lot of people, but Solange is, Solange is the feature. Well, um, yeah. So, also, the reason why Solange was fully on the mind is because after watching Baychella on um, Netflix, I feel like if we're actually going to fully discuss that, we're going to need a whole episode. I was. The whole. Okay, let's, let's just say, like, episode two of season two is going to be Beachella episode, yeah? Beachella episode, because we're yeah, going to need time. But what that. I will say is Solange and Beyonce dancing together was is one of the, the most emphatic moments. moments in history ever. And the yeah. fact that Solange just comes out and is fully fucking laughing and having the best time, yeah. and she's dressed so well, and her hair is right yeah and she keeps she, up with beyonce and it happened out no, of nowhere no, keeps up like beyonce keeps up with her genuinely like, like it's like it is so, they're so good together and then she like the bit where she just like throws falls her and, her and they fall yeah. and it's just like yeah those sisters i just feel so blessed to have been born in this lifetime you know like where Baychella happened yeah like you know climate change aside um I just... <laughs> I'm just really thankful. Having, having I feel blessed. I so large nose in my life. Yeah, I feel that. It's just... It's too much. I can't cope. Favourite song on Solange's album? So, right. My I'm going to say Bins, straight up. I was going to say Bins as well. Were you going to say Bins? I was going to say Bins because yes. the video as well. It's so good. It's so good. But also, I really love... um, What's the one? Um, mm, you know the one that's like... um, Black Molasses... Black. Uh, Almeida. Almeida. So Almeida's my favourite song on the album because yeah. I'm black. And then Bins is my just favorite fun. Because it's so fun. fucking fun. It's fun. And just yeah. And it's so I do not give a like it's just She just doesn't give a fuck. The right level the right amount of I don't give a fuck, but this video is gonna be fun. And it was very reminiscent of Seven Eleven Beyonce. Yes. It was that very thing. that just like I'm just here. And it was also such a simple thing as well. She was just like, I'm just gonna like you know, prop my, my phone up and it's going to be a feature of the video. I'm going to prop my phone up and prop my phone up again and prop my phone up again and I'm going to just be dancing. Yeah. And like, so it was like the most simple thing. Any of us could do it. But you know, we didn't. But we... We didn't but we and she did. Jackpot, didn't. bitch. 
take that to the fucking bank cash it in make that check and i realize as well like you know like everyone talks about beyonce's body a lot and like you know like beyonce's got this incredible body that she works on so hard and everything like that and people talk about it all the time but no one talks about how amazing solange's body is she's like such like she's got such an incredible and unique style and like yeah. the way that she puts everything together and like just how toned she is and like how she's absolutely stunning she's so stunning she's actually so gorgeous she's absolutely gorgeous yeah yeah i love solange shout out to her hair speaking of diet and well speaking of beyonce and her body what i thought was really really fucked up is when i was reading articles that were discussing beyonce's coachella performance Mm. the only article that i could find that the Daily Mail had done with regards to Beyonce. Because sometimes Mail. sometimes you need to read your enemies to yeah. understand what okay. conversations are happening in the world. Yeah. But the only, like, article that they had just focused on Beyonce's quote-unquote extreme Coachella diet. And that was the only thing that they discussed, right? And I can understand, right? Beyonce talks about her diet in that documentary in length mm-hmm. and how ridiculous it was and what she put her body through. But, like, could the Daily Mail not have just, like, fucking celebrated the fact that what Beyonce did at Coachella was like like revolutionary it like it was like the arguably the best coachella performance ever arguably one of the best festival performances of all time but you you look at everything that black people do really really well that actually is groundbreaking and changes the world changes the landscape of everything no one ever gives it as much is what it should yeah right so like even to this day like people are actually saying that infinity war was as good as black panther Bye. and we're out here like come have i even seen infinity war probably on yeah that's weird like like the fan like the marvel like hard hardcore fans which are like you know cishet white males like are like out here quite claiming, awful <laughs> quite awful people claiming that infinity war was as good and black panther was objectively the best film yeah it was but it's just you know like they can't give black people that so you know the coachella performance was the best performance that's ever happened in coachella's history yeah but here we are people are like but what about like muse or like muse were quite good yeah i remember they're like what they'll do is pick a band of white people like a rock band and be yeah. like but this was real music this like was th- yeah this was like real music. real music that had a message and it's like yeah but they literally just played a set of music what beyonce did was had fucking hundreds of dancers all in sync with one another like, she created an entire fucking like moment in time mm-hmm. and what she put herself through like i'm glad that that documentary exists because it really highlighted the amount of effort and like how much she had to basically base her entire life around a performance that was happening a year away. But and that know, was every day of her life for a year. Think about the whole like thing that like in math class, like when you like manage to figure out the, the answer and they'd be like, do your working. That's like essentially what she's had to do. Yeah. She's had to be like, listen, here's all of the shit that I had to go through to make this happen. Just in case you thought it was just one two hour long fucking performance. No, I mean, the performance yeah. itself tells you like the work is there is right in front of your face but sometimes you've got to spill it out for people yeah and i think the thing is as well like people just hold beyonce to this like superhuman yeah like she's status machine, she's a human she's but they, they hold it this like superhuman like machine like thing where it's almost like but like she can just do it the yeah. same way that like a nigerian runner is always going to run faster than a white person it's just like they yeah. just hold them these people up to like this superhuman robot like status where it's almost like, oh, but but they're black, so, like, they can do it. Mm-hmm. But actually, what is being completely ignored is the fact that, no, they are just working harder. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, anyway. It's an interesting one. But, like, at the same time as well, like, I always feel as if Beyonce always does more than what is required for everything that she does. So, like, when people have anything to say about it, who are not her... I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Do you get what I mean? It's like her, seeing her talk about it and say, this is what I put into it. Giving like, um, like, like saying that it wasn't just me. This is my team. This is what they've done. All the people that were involved in it. I want to, I want them to have this as well Yeah. for the rest of their lives to say that I was part of this. Like, it's really important. Ben, we were here again talking about Beyonce. Let's, for way long, right. Long we're going to have to. And also it's, 
Like, this is Femfag and Negress, the Scott Rail edition, where I have to run for my train quite shortly. You have shortly. to run for your train in, like, five seconds. In about five so, seconds. Like, so this has been the second season, first episode of Femfag and Negress. Should we, yeah. I think thank we you should f- end it on saying, like, thank you for staying tuned in. I mean, we're, like, actually... Despite our inconsistencies. Like, do you know what? Like, people know this about podcasts in general, that they tend to, like be a bit like the good thing about podcasts and the bad thing about podcasts is sometimes they go away for a while and then they come back so i'm glad that like we're doing this again we'll check we'll check like the stats and there'll be like two listeners and it'll be us but we're listening bitch no joking (laughs) no thank you thank you for tuning in if you did and well if you did you'd only hear this if you had so thanks that's it thanks um yeah and hopefully we'll have a second episode out as soon as possible. Yeah, well, if ba- if Baychella is the like the thing that motivates us to do that, then it mm-hmm. means that the second episode will be interesting. There's also like a ton of things that we didn't have time to discuss. So basically, the second episode is already written. So yeah, I love it. It'll be out soon, right? Thank you. Bye. Bye.